0: Hi everyone, welcome to Televisions, the podcast, an audio companion to the Televisions website and a show made by Anglophiles for Anglophiles. I am Lacey bogger Milas, and I'm the editor here at Televisions and joining me as usual is my co-host, Miss Sandy Bundle. Hello. Hello.
1: How are you today?
0: Um, It's a day that's happening. I don't know. I don't have a lot of opinions that are appropriate for our podcast audience this morning, so... I'm going to read some books we're we're we
1: we're testing a new thing where the cats are old enough to just sleep through a uh, a podcast
0: oh, episode yeah so yeah. uh yeah I, I tried to do that I, I thought I was going to do that once but that did not work so we have not tried it since
1: but we'll, we'll see how we'll see if Max manages to sleep the whole way through um, right now he is snoozling away
0: um, you hear strange noises. Just assume it's Annie's.
1: <laughs> just assume that Drake woke up. Just assume Max woke up and decided to walk across my desk. Um, all right. So what are we talking about today?
0: We are, um, because somehow 2021 is half over. No, it's not. And this is a lie. Yeah.
1: No. Right? No.
0: I don't understand it. Like, I feel like 2020 took roughly three years to pass. Oh uh, At least. And now 2021 is. What? Just, backlogging? Like. <laughs> whizzing by at breakneck speed and I don't I don't really know how to process that emotionally so I'm (laughs) going to talk about TV (laughs) and our topic today is uh I think we called this last year we called this like our halfway through episode but I think we're just going to call this one like the best of 2021 so far where we just talk about like maybe some of the stuff that didn't get an episode devoted to it some stuff you may have forgotten we talked about that kind of thing
1: yeah I think that's a good thing um personally like I actually like you know this was going to always be a weird half year um because this was sort of the fallout from the pandemic time um you know we've talked about this se- in several episodes how the uh how the backlog of not being able to film in the UK was always going because it takes you know roughly somewhere between a six months to a year for that stuff to come to us, that this was always gonna be the empty spot. Um and I, I feel sort of like a we've sort of gotten through that. So we have sort of weird choices for best Of because there hasn't been all that much and a lot of our regulars haven't shown up yet. Um I also
0: But it does mean that we watched a lot of stuff we might not have watched otherwise.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um and I feel like also um, you know, uh, just looking ahead to the second half of the year we're going to have a lot um, so you know it's a really good thing that we're getting a chance to sort of look at these things now because I think by the time we get to the end of the year the second half of the year is going to be such a deluge that we're just not going to have space for it you know
0: yeah that's true um I don't even I don't know. I should have made a list for like how we should go in order on this, but um I mean, how about we bo- how about we both start with something that we like that we haven't talked about before? I will go first. Okay. Um I want to talk about It's a Sin, <gasps> which, which we totally truly skipped. like. We skipped it. It's what it's it's one of the best shows I've watched all year, British or not, like it's so good and it's it was on HBO Max and I don't even remember if we gave it a throwaway mention when we talked about HBO Max, but it's one of those things where I feel like a lot of people just didn't realize that it had come to America or that it was such a great show that they should seek out on HBO Max because, again, it was one of those HBO Max originals which only exists on the streaming platform and didn't actually air on HBO.
1: Yeah, and I I do think it's also an example of where the disconnect between HBO and HBO Max is. Yeah, because
0: stuff stuff falls through the cracks, and this is one of the things that, one of the best things, I think, that fell through the cracks. I guess I should tell you what it is, since (laughs) you probably haven't seen it. Um, It is from Russell T. Davies, who many people will remember as the showrunner of Doctor Who, when it first, when the reboot Who first came back, but he's also before that really well known for doing the British version of Queer as Folk. He uh, was in charge of uh, what was the sort of dystopian thing. Years recently? and years, years and years. Um, he's really great at character work. Sometimes not so great about overarching arcs. But the good thing about It's a Sin is that it's almost entirely character work. And it's just, it's devastating. It's the story of a group of of young gay men in the 80s in London, and they're navigating the early days of the AIDS crisis. And you see them sort of reading in the paper about this strange disease that's popped up in San Francisco, and it's the gay plague, and they don't believe it's real. And then suddenly everyone around them, people around them, start, like, suddenly getting sick with these, you know, strange and ill-defined symptoms. And it's just, like, it's... It's gut-wrenching because you know like you know where this is going and you know how many people how many people don't survive the first years of the AIDS epidemic and and that is true. not all of the characters in this story live to the end of this story. but it's just like it's devastating emotionally because you know all of that, but it's incredibly uplifting and hopeful at the same time because there's just so much. There's so much joy in the show in spite of all the death and horror, and it's just, whew, it is, I cried, I laughed, like, I I think I watched it all in one sitting, which may have been a mistake because it's a little heavy, but it's just, it's so wonderfully good, and for those of you out there who may be worried that, like, I'm making air quotes, an AIDS drama is going to be, like, really preachy or... Or lesson oriented. It's just really not.
1: Yeah, it's... I I felt like um. So um, one of the shows I cover over Elite Daily is a show called Pose, um, which is about the transgender community in New York City during the the height of the AIDS crisis from the late '80s to the to uh the mid '90s. And I felt like It's a Sin was in a way kind of a rejoinder to that show. It's sort of the British. You know if, if if that's sort of the American take on what it was to survive a plague, it's a sin is sort of the British version of what the culture was when it hit it's said a little earlier. It's more like you know the the early to mid eighties um the The title is taken from a the pet shop Boys song that was actually really popular at the time um and uh, the
0: soundtrack of the show oh, is also full sound. of
1: bangers. Just the soundtrack so you know. of the show is fantastic. I honestly like it I don't usually download soundtracks because I'm not that kind of person. and I think I just sort of reassembled it from songs I had and just downloaded everything I didn't have because I just I, I loved every song on this thing. Um, honestly, I also thought it was great because it introduced a lot of actors that I hadn't seen a lot of before like uh the main cast has uh, a Ollie Alexander in it who um I know I'd seen in a couple of things like I, I feel like I'd seen him like around in like shows like is a as a sort of a that guy you know what I mean like he, like I feel like he was probably in like Lewis or 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 maybe endeavor or skins like he's that kind of guy who's sort of uh, like in the background and this was the first time I'd really seen him like in a lead role and I really loved him in it and and uh let's see, Callum Scott's another one, or Callum Scott Howells, I think this is his last name. Um he he uh, he's actually a stage actor um who hasn't done a lot of television
0: and I I really, really enjoyed him too. Um I mean uh, I, Shout out to Lydia West, who <sighs> plays their um the like the basic friend group is three kids from different sort of more, you know, less urban parts of it, the UK who come to London and they all like live together in this in this uh giant house they find to rent together, and Lydia West plays um Julia, who is sort of their their best female friend. Yeah. Who ends up having to shoulder a lot of the of of the emotional and even occasionally physical work of dealing with with the impact of this this plague on the larger community. And it's really just like, I know these days we're all like, look how far we've come, but which is true, and thank God that we have, but it's it's hard to It's hard to remember sometimes that there was a point in our collective history where, where gay, where, and part of the joy of the show is this, this, this group of young people coming to London and finding a place for themselves that they never would have had in their smaller communities at home because they just weren't accepted for being gay. And, and it's just, ugh it's just so emotional it's so good yeah
1: Um. I uh. it also some of the other actors in this that I feel like should definitely get honorable mentions like Keely Hawes is in this Uh. you know future dame Keely Hawes um, Neil... how is she not a dame already I is know seriously Um. It, it Stephen Fry isn't it Um. Neil Patrick Harris that's who I was like I was like, oh, I was, like right. picturing his face and it was not coming to me Um. Uh, Sean Dooley he's like... not in it for very long but no he's real, not like, his
0: role is very impactful
1: yeah like he's one of those he's one of those like if if we were doing nominations, he's definitely a, a guest star, like a, a he would get a guest star nomination kind of thing. Um, but yeah, like I genuinely like I feel like It's a Sin is the kind of thing that that HBO looked at and thought maybe it wouldn't fly here. And so it chunted it to HBO Max and it really shouldn't have. I feel like if it had been a weekly release on HBO, we would be talking about it. Um. Well, you know, because I just said awards, like if come award season, like we would really be talking about this a lot more. And I don't I, I feel like it was almost a disservice to put it on HBO Max before people sort of understood the difference between the two. And that, mm-hmm. because I feel like it's been lost and I feel like that's really tragic.
0: <laughs> it is because it's such a show that more people should watch, which is why I'm telling you all to watch it right now. But I do. I mean, I get it. Like it was released in the middle of like COVID and mm-hmm everybody is sort of, it's very it's not it's not light subject matter yeah and it's 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 really difficult to watch in places it's i think it's very rewarding but it's 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 hard at spots
1: um i would like to uh give an honorable mention of shows we shows and movies we did not actually cover this year to the dig um which <gasps> yes which was a movie that uh was released at the end of january on netflix um now we haven't like
0: the, This is about a topic very near and dear to my heart, which as we know is... Nerdy medieval <laughs> things. Okay, so this is slightly earlier than medieval times, but I did a lot of Anglo-Saxon literature as well. So. so this is square in my wheelhouse.
1: The the thing about the dig, um, just to sort of put it in context, um, tell wh- the people what it's about first. Sorry. Um, so it basically it stars uh, Carrie Mulligan and Ralph Fiennes. Or Ralph Fiennes. Um They're basically Rafe. His name is
0: Rafe Fiennes. <laughs> I lo- I've like loved him. To- I saw him do um, Hamlet. Not, yeah, like years and years ago when I was like very early on in college and he was so good in it okay I love him
1: so basically it's uh it it's, it's a period piece it starts in like the late 30s um uh, mulligan plays uh, edith um who's a she basically wants she basically needs somebody to come to her house to like tackle the large burial mounds that are basically hanging out on on her like giant estate
0: this is not a thing that's that weird at the time no in northern england specifically there are a lot of of just kind of viking and anglo-saxon graves that are everywhere um and so if you've ever been to stonehenge and looked out sort of uh, not where the stones are, obviously, but if you look sort of like in the distance around the stones, you see these sort of lumps. Those are burial mounds. Yeah.
1: Um, so basically, she hires this guy, Basil Brown, um, and uh, he, he, uh, he, she basically like she doesn't really like at first she tries to like sort of lowball him um but he's like no no and so basically like he starts excavating her estate and they basically like it's the drama of like archaeology um like they're uh, one of the more memorable scenes towards the beginning is when like stuff collapses on him and they have to dig him out um and for those
0: of you who have ever been to the british museum um, you have seen parts of this, uh, because what they eventually find in her estate is the Sutton Hoo hoard. Um, and it's a very famous it's what it's a very famous and it's one of the most complete kind of burial like I said, I love this stuff. Uh, complete sort of burial um to, it's not really, it's, I'm, I'm saying tomb, but I don't mean tomb, like Egyptian kind of tomb, like burial mound thing. Like it's one of the most complete ones that people didn't sort of find and rob. And it has a ton of really valuable artifacts in the sense that there's a lot of sort of, you know, gold and gems and swords and stuff in there, but valuable in the sense of like this is how we can sort of retroactively assemble what these people's lives were like. It's extremely fascinating. Sutton Who, look it up.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, so, uh, basically, like, it becomes sort of the drama of the the finding of, like, you know, the first they find, like, I think it's iron rivets from a ship is the first thing they find, and, like, it, it you know, it sort of basically, like, becomes this whole thing where, like, the office of work shows up, and it becomes, like, a big, big dig, and oh, then World War Two happens, and, and there's romances and stuff. Like, it's a good movie, but it's what, the thing about it that I, I, that I the reason I wanted to highlight it is that it's sort of the sort of thing that you would expect to have seen in the movie theaters like 20 years ago, like made by Merchant and Ivory. And nowadays, these movies, like they don't make enough money when they hit the theaters, right? Like sort of there's been this sort of hollowing out of theaters where like you either get like, you know, Oscar fair or blockbusters and you don't really get Mm -hmm. the stuff in between. And Netflix has very much sort of started to pick up the slack of this sort of like, gap of the kinds of movies that used to come out that just don't anymore and like you know like Howard's End nowadays when it got remade it wasn't remade as a movie it was made as a tv series um and Netflix has sort of revived making them as movies and it's sort of and it has this big commitment to making movies like one of the things Netflix like has been promoting this year is how many movies it's releasing on a like monthly basis um and i feel like the dig is not just important for people to like know that this exists but that more like this are most likely coming or are already out there that they should be sort of watching for because if you if you love those kinds of movies and you want more of those kinds of movies you're going to find them on in in places like netflix or on amazon or 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 on hbo max
0: it's got such a it's it does have that very merchant and ivory feel of like a really all-star cast, even in very small roles. Like, uh, Lily James is in this. Oh, oh, that's right. Yes,
1: she is. I forgot about that. Um, and uh, who else? Oh, Ben Chaplin's also in it. I love him. Um, yeah, like, I. this is... This, It's just a movie that everybody should totally check out like and in the same way like Oslo is another movie the same way that like also we didn't talk about here Um, that was on actual HBO like HBO not HBO Max though it is now streaming on HBO Max but it was an it was considered an HBO release and um, that one's Ruth Wilson and Andrew Scott. Um, Oh
0: yeah I had this on my list of things to watch and I I have not seen it but I've heard good things. I love Ruth Wilson. I will literally watch her do anything. Um, So Oslo is
1: basically uh, uh, it's the it's the screen version of a stage play that won a Tony. Um, about the secret negotiations that happened around the Oslo Accords in the early '90s to try and implement the two-state solution between Israel and Palestine, and um, one of the things about the timing of it, which was just terrible, but they couldn't have known this, is that like the, this was right when the huge bombings were happening between Israel and Palestine, and there was and basically a a, a, a short-lived war broke out, and that it came out right in the middle of that, so it probably. You know, it really sort of not great timing for anyone involved, but like it's it, it's a really okay. The stage play was really good at one Tony's. The movie is also really good. Like Wilson is of course incredible. Um, uh, basically she plays a uh, Mona who uh she's a uh, from the Norwegian Ministry of Foreign Affairs, and she and her husband basically like they 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 start like setting up these secret meetings not with the people who are like the top level you know diplomats but with the underlings to sort of get them mm. to sit down in a room together and basically to get them to sort of agree on the accords so they could go back and convince the higher levels to agree on the accords because if you get the lesser if you the idea is that if you can get the people who are underneath to even sit down together like these people had like even like you know the assistants to the assistants had literally never sat down like one of them says at one point i've never sat down in a room with a with a palestinian i've never sat down with an arab and like that that's the the whole mindset like just trying to get like just getting two people in a room together to talk for the first time and see what they have in common um, can lead to bigger and better things and of course this is it's heartbreaking to you know watch now you know because the two-state solution is basically dead
0: gosh what what
1: a tear <laughs> what truly
0: what a terrible time for that to right come out. like it really, actually feels like it's hopeful it and is. instead it's like people are still bombing each other <laughs> right? sorry
1: like no when it came out on broadway i think it came out like is it uh, i think 2016 or 2017 like it was at a point where like peace had kind of well, not really peace but like like you know like things were relatively calm <laughs> you know and so it didn't feel so completely out of touch with
0: like out of the realm of possibility Right, like
1: it felt like we could maybe do this ag- no no we can't do this again um yeah it's it and that that's in a way it almost when i watched it it felt like this is what we lost um and that it does make it kind of a tragedy that it doesn't mean to be but i i still recommend it and i still
0: think people should watch it um uh in I will truly yeah. watch Ruth Wilson do anything so <laughs> All right. Um what what which else was sort of, which sort of which sort of reminds me of another person I will normally watch do anything mm-hmm. who is Eva Green but she was in this terrible period drama called The Luminaries this year which oh. is definitely not going on our best of list because <laughs> it was just so like it was like 6 episodes they could have done it in 3 I didn't Apparently it's based on a very complicated book which is normally a a a genre that's very my lane, but I don't think it got adapted terribly
1: well. <laughs> no, no, that was pretty terrible. Um, and We should try and talk about the things that are good.
0: Um, okay, fine. I just love Eva Green, and I want better for her as well. Let's
1: see. Uh what else is there that we should talk about? Um well of course, you know, then there's the top line things that we're good and everybody can agree we're good. Like
0: all creatures. Oh wait, wait, I remembered oh. I remembered one more that we haven't talked about oh, yet, what? which I will only talk about briefly because the subject matter is incredibly depressing. But again, a good show about a depressing topic. And that was a series called Honor spelled the british way which came to brit box early this year like i think january it stars future dame keely hawes which is now how i'm gonna refer to her forever <laughs> and it's about um it's sort of it's sort of about that honor killing that took place in london <gasps> oh. in the early 2000s or <laughs> mid early to, mid to early 2000s and it's really riveting, but it's so upsetting. <laughs> yes, yes,
1: it is. Um, it would I um that was one of those ones where like I sort of looked at it and I said, Oh, I can't. I just can't. Um, like it's
0: it's not it's a it's a dramatization, obviously, obviously. It's based on the on the real life murder of a young uh Muslim woman who was basically killed by her own family for trying to leave her abusive husband and starting a relationship with another man.
1: Yeah. And it, it's so. it's sort of framed like a bit of a pro- police procedural. Um Hawes is a is a is basically a DCI who is like um who is basically trying to get justice. And that and, and it's and the
0: question is sort of like, what is justice even yeah. just like in this?
1: Yeah, it, it's not really like, like a, a and, and when I say police procedural, like it's not like we searching for clues or anything, but it is very much sort of centered on the idea of like, is this a crime? How do the courts, you know, how, how do the courts sort of like look at this? Um, you know, it, there's a lot there's a lot of like legal drama parts to this. Um, and I I I, you know, I I, I saw the trailer for it and I saw, and I just, I I couldn't.
0: It's another one that's, like, good, but it's really heavy. And so I can see how maybe that's why it didn't get a lot of traction because I don't think, I don't think this past year is one where we all really wanted a lot of things that were heavy. No. Except maybe Mare of Town*, but... (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay, but Meravy's town was just great because it was like a mystery and it was a well done mystery. Like it would But yeah, yeah. I mean
0: this is this is just really I can understand this being a hard sell for people in the past year, no matter how I mean, Keely Hawes is wonderful in it and it's really like one of those topics where you're like, I can't believe that I think this I think this took place around like two thousand five or two thousand and six, mm-hmm. like in the real world. And it's just like how are we it is it is the twenty first century, how are we talking about this happening still. And it's just really like it's 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 hard. But she her performance in it is great if you are a fan of her and her work. um,
1: Yeah. But honestly, the thing I think I think you're right, that people didn't want a lot of hard things because what we're talking about here are all the shows that like we didn't talk about and we sort of skipped or we
0: didn't get into too much. I know because what people wanted was the fuzzy animals. They wanted the all creatures. <laughs> yeah, they and, wanted all creatures. They didn't want the AIDS drama. And, and let's be <laughs> honest, like I loved all creatures. Let's... I mean, same, same. And I loved it for precisely that reason that it was like putting on some like a warm like putting a warm fuzzy blanket around you and that that is the sort of television that I think we gravitated to yeah still this year I, I wonder if that will change during the back half of this year now that we're working on our vaccination game but
1: well i also think it's very interesting like you know because i feel like i feel like all creatures got a lot more play than it might have otherwise um like i saw outlets that don't usually cover pbs stuff who mm, were like the yeah. people who were late to the game on downton abbey because they were like what that's not a thing we cover until it became too big to be a
0: thing they couldn't cover but Then it was like guess what cottagecore is here right and, and all creatures
1: just seem to like Everybody just was like, yes, please, more of this. And
0: no, and I can't and it's so funny because as much as I love the show, like it's not a particularly like deep show. No. It's not it doesn't have like a like other than that its message is just like pet animals and be kind, which is maybe like maybe that is what we need to hear in the year of our lord 2021. (laughs) (laughs) But like it's not, you know, it's it's not retelling an important piece of history. It's not like digging into societal issues that we still struggle with or anything. It's just like here are some people trying to do their best that, the best that they can to rescue cows. Who are, yeah, who are nice to each other and also rescue cows. <laughs> like it's honestly like there. it's it, that is a perfect example. Like we were just talking about how it's how Oslo sort of arrived at like the worst possible time for itself like all creatures arrived at the best possible time for itself like in the middle of covid winter like that is the show that came to us precisely when we needed it to
1: and and i wouldn't be surprised um i i season two has already been commissioned um and i uh, i believe they're already filming it yeah and i believe that I believe it's coming. This is not confirmed, but I believe it is coming to America in the twenty twenty one twenty twenty two two
0: television season.
1: And I assume it's coming in the dead of winter again. I
0: mean, i but I'm assuming I'm assuming so. yeah.
1: I'm assuming it's coming in the dead of winter same as last time. And I'm curious to see a how it plays, um because, you know, next winter is not going to be this past winter. Um, it may still be bad, though. like you have no idea. Like delta variants are wandering around. God knows what variants oh, will be by. You
0: Please know, get vaccinated.
1: Yeah, so we don't know what next. Win- I mean, it's we don't know what next winter is going to be like.
0: And to be honest, it's cold and dark out, so even if there's not plague happening, I'm maybe gonna be into this.
1: Yeah, but you know, it, it, just to sort of throw it out there, you know, we we have Sanditon coming back not next not this coming year but the year after that which will probably want its january spot back and
0: ooh, fights and cows yeah and like bonnets. i have
1: i have questions on 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 who gets it do, do the cows get it or although
0: honestly like i feel i feel like sanditon really could work wherever in the schedule oh, yeah. i just do feel like the dark of winter is the time for all creatures i would but absolutely agree maybe that's just because i i'm into cozy core <laughs> when it's cold outside <laughs>
1: Let's see. What uh, Speaking of other things that came out this winter that I really liked, uh, I loved Miss Scarlet and the Duke.
0: Um, I did too, which is, you know, a compliment because this is generally like not my lane of programming. But I, as as we have said in multiple episodes on the show already, Miss Scarlet is great. And if you haven't watched it, you should watch it.
1: Yeah. And and people are still discovering Miss Scarlet. And I get people suddenly going like, why did no one tell me this show exists? I'm like, excuse me. I've been over here for six months. Um <laughs> <laughs> like hello, um. But yes, um. Listen to our podcast. Yeah, seriously. Like, what is wrong with you people? Um. So yeah, like I, I, I feel like I feel like PBS really hit it out of the park at the beginning of the year this year. Like, despite the fact that we had like Atlantic Crossing, which was kind of you know it. it I mean, it wasn't bad, but it, at least it was interesting when it didn't work, um, you know. Yeah. And then we've, you know, we've just recently had stuff we didn't like, like us. Um, but I feel like, you know, at least at the beginning of the year, like the, the whole January, February sort of area of, of PBS. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like they really did like they were hitting home runs. Um, and I feel like that that was a that that was a good period for them. And I really hope that by next year that they managed to repeat that because I feel like that was good. Um, I'd like to.
0: I, ha- I have to say, in terms of things that I still love, and um, never stop telling people about things you like. My sister in law this week just started watching World on Fire because I told her about it while we were um while we were on our family vacay. Wow! And she loves, and she loves it. Mm. She loves it. She's like googling Danzig, Poland now. <laughs> and I'm like, see, we did this too. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. So never stop telling people that you like stuff. I mean,
1: I I have yet to shut up about the Great Pottery Throwdown. Um, uh, uh my apologies to everyone who I will not shut up about to the Great Pottery Throwdown. Um, let's see, what else did I really like this year? I'm trying to remember. Um, let's see, I, oh, the Irregulars, but Netflix was mean and canceled that. Um, yeah, I, which
0: I, is really a shame because I feel like that show had a lot of potential, even if it was just sort of in like a, uh, like a Stranger Things monster of the week kind of lane but I I don't know I guess it was expensive or something I don't I don't know I'm shocked by that cancellation to be honest with you because I thought that was a no-brainer
1: yeah I, I and Netflix seemed to like have like there was there were rumors that it had already been greenlit for season two I know I definitely, definitely
0: heard this yeah Netflix has been really brutal this year so again talk about the things you like because sometimes that can save them
1: um, I, I, you know, it's it's weird what does and does not fly on Netflix, and it's sort of, it's one of those things where, like, um, I'm I'm gonna completely detour on you. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> the the British government is trying to get the B is trying to get Netflix to actually give real numbers and actually like instead of just saying, "Hey, 40 million people tweeted about this. It was great. Everybody watched." Um, that's not real numbers, right? Like, it, it, despite the fact that they say that more people. Than ever in any show tuned into Bridgerton, that only means that they watch the first two minutes of one episode. Like that's not real numbers. And
0: I feel I like mean, to be honest, Sometimes I watch two minutes because I click like what I'm clicking through on the Roku remote. like, It'll start playing a trailer without me telling it to, and I think they count that as a view. And I'm like, I didn't mean to watch that. It's like accidentally clicking on a Facebook ad in the right reel. I didn't mean to click on that, and now I'm gonna get ads for it forever. Yeah, and I, I, I one
1: of the, you know, I have a lot of issues with how the British government is handling, you know, the the advent of streaming, um, in general. Which I, I understand why, but at the same time, I really don't like it. But I do feel like this is a very important thing that they are doing that I want, I I want them
0: to succeed here like if, I, if- i'm sorry i'm mad at them for trying to privatize channel four yeah. they can take several seats. i'm
1: I, no like as i said there's a lot Which, that by i the don't way, like
0: to make it connected is the uk network that aired it's a sin the stuff is important it's not all about profit take several seats yeah british government yeah um but at the same i'm sure that many members of the british government are in fact listening to this rant on this podcast so but that's right
1: Honestly, like the fact that they are pushing Netflix to be actually transparent about what does and does not get watched on their net on on their streaming service is really an important thing for entertainment in general and for the public to know. And I understand why Netflix doesn't do because they it's not like commercial. It's not like they have you know commercial advertisers that they are beholden to. It's all very it's all private and it's all you know you know you know viewing on demand and subscriber based. So they don't have to. But I think it's really important for us. To know these things, because we don't know why the irregulars canceled. We literally have no idea why that happened, and it's if we had like real data, we would know, or at least we'd yeah, have a better although idea. To,
0: although to be honest, like I feel like that would just maybe make me feel better or not feel better. Like I don't know why a canceled manifest. Well, yes, I do it because they never answered. It's because they never answered any questions. Because
1: but... manifest is terrible and wooden, and I oh, god, I hated covering that show. I know.
0: <laughs> we watched it, and I was like, they're literally never going to tell me anything. No, about anything ever. Oh. They're like, oh, here's another question over here, and I'm like, but are they dead? No. Like, anyway, detour. <laughs> Speaking of shows with lots of questions that I need them to answer, she said. Very easily segueing into a different topic, we did cover the HB show, HBO show The Nevers a little bit earlier this year, and I do feel like a little bit like I was sort of the cheese stands alone in like as one of the people who from jump really liked the show, and I would just like to take the opportunity to tell you all that I was right. <laughs> and the mid season finale is incredible. Let me tell and you, every- even Annie agrees with me.
1: Every television critic I know, when we got that screener, every single one suddenly in the DMs and IMs lighting
0: up going, what the hell did they send us? <laughs> like, I, I'm going to try to talk about this without spoiling it because trust me. No, if no, no, not no, watched, no, just spoil If you have not watched the Never... No, I want people to watch this. want people to have that experience of what yes, even? it's okay. crazy. So I'm just going to try to vague it up and and it's so... It's just so amazing. So what happens in the sixth episode of The Nevers is that, as we have talked about in the past, the show is sort of this mashup of of a Victorian period drama and like a superhero show. These uh, group of mostly young women, mostly people from marginalized groups have been gifted with these special abilities. They are referred to as the touch. We think they got them from this sort of fish shaped alien spaceship that goes through the sky at the end of the pilot. And mostly a lot of the show is is WTF. But then in the mid-season finale, it's an episode called True. The show completely upends every assumption that you have about basic facts, what kind of story it's trying to tell, like who any of the the characters are. Like it is really, like I'm really trying not to spoil it for you guys because it's so, I I cannot help but respect a show that literally like, does not like it just it just like we are gonna go for it in like the biggest way possible and it is so risky and weird and and just very bold in a way that that a lot of prestige television just does not have the guts to be and i respect the crap out of it for that
1: Uh, i will absolutely agree with that i what they attempt to do in that final episode um, the first—I mean,
0: honestly, like I'm not g- it's, here. Like, It's—I think we could say that it does hint at some of the sort of pull the rug yeah. out from you under moments that happened. Like when you watch this episode and you look back on the ones that came before it, you'll be like, "Crap!" No, there because were do because you think it's just like a mistake or like a joke that doesn't land. But there are breadcrumbs that lead up to this moment, and it's just yeah, yeah. There were there were
1: things that I had sort of written off as weird and didn't make sense um in the first 5 episodes that suddenly all slammed into place when i hit the 6th episode the thing about the 6th also
0: i will tell you that it involves claudia black and <sighs> i have loved claudia ba- claudia black for most of my adult life ever since i watched the uh, sci-fi original series called farscape. farscape and i just love her thriving i love to see her in anything and she's ugh, it's so good. Yeah. I just I can't I don't I really want to talk about it, but I don't want to talk about it because I feel like a lot of people probably did give up on the show. Oh, it was, absolutely. Like weird and slow. And I want those people to go back and have that experience of just sitting in front of the television and being like, what the expletive just happened?
1: Um. When you get most of the television critic crowd to all as one go, whoa, like even if they didn't like it. And there are many people who did not like what happened. And in fact, for several people I talked to, it was the it was the capper that, no, this show absolutely could not continue like, no, this they were done. When this happened. Um, But I honestly like when I when I realized we were really going here, like it's the kind of thing that like you almost think a show should do and you kind of wish a show would do. And then suddenly a show actually does it. And you're like, whoa, they did that.
0: (laughs) Especially like so far into the season. Mm hmm because like, this was supposed to be this was originally supposed to be a ten episode season one. Yeah, so this would have dropped like square in the middle of it instead of being like the sort of half season finale, and it's not going to come back for like a year now. And I just I'm so angry that I can't see episode seven.
1: <laughs> but episode seven is coming. That is the one thing that I think, and part of the reason why you know, even though we didn't go back to the Nevers and talk about this at the time, that it's important for us to talk about it now is that. The other half is basically like gearing up to be filmed um, in the second half of this year. And even though I don't think HBO is going to give The Nevers second half of season one the kind of plum time slot that it got for the first half, partly because it's going to run right into House of the Dragon and House of the Dragon is getting Game of Thrones slot right back next year and let's not pretend otherwise. Um, Mm -hmm. The Nevers is going to end up somewhere else. It might end up being like the the, the show that follows House of the Dragon and being at 10 p.m. instead of 9. But I do, it is coming back. And I think that for people who want to give the show another chance, like, you should. Um, even if you wait until those to this second half of season one comes and then you sit down and you watch the whole thing as a as a as a a binge Um, I really do think that this is a show that that at least deserves to be heard out for the rest of season
0: one now that I've seen what it was actually trying to do I watch a lot of TV and it's really rare to run into something that surprises me like this and I wish more TV did it yeah, but they don't because it's really hard to get an audience to invest for six episodes before you get to the big like,
1: um, no, punch you in the less, face
0: yeah at least the, when you don't hint at them I can't believe that all these actors sat out there for the first round of this press tour
1: and like and just Seth talk about Nuttin'. it I mean damn I mean damn like they they have to I, I would not have been able to handle it if it was me oh gosh me. no
0: <laughs> I, I would have been just, getting in so much have, trouble, like, like I, left and right. I,
1: I would have, like, walked up to people, like, grabbed them by the lapels and been like, I can't tell
0: you anything! Don't talk to me! And, like, run away. Or just, like, <laughs> keep watching until episode six! Wink, wink. Like, oh, uh, like, yeah. It's just that, like, I can't. It's impressive. Ugh, really, but... really
1: impressive. Like, the professionalism involved in keeping that under wraps to the point that it was kept under wraps was just genius. And, yeah. Anyway. Yes. Um. So, yeah. Like, I, I, I think... I think if I were to cap off like the things that really impressed me this year and that are definitely a thing for the first half of twenty twenty one that I never would have expected to love quite this much or be this in the tank for, at least to see the rest of season one. Like this sh- like yeah, I Yeah,
0: I mean it might be garbage. I don't know. Might- but like for me it has earned the chance to at least like take a shot.
1: Yeah. Um, I I want to see and and knowing that there's a new showrunner and knowing that th- whatever it was that was behind the scenes that made a sudden intense showrunner change of this magnitude, um, occur, um, you know, I, I the show seems to be worth at least giving let's hear it out to the end if i, I don't know yeah. if i don't know if season one's second half will have four episodes or six um it's supposed to have four episodes but you know they could incre- because it's sort of been split like this they might increase it to six um it, it's sort of unclear at this time how many episodes the, the second half will have um I, I i'm i'm ready to hear them out okay okay you have my attention
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's true um Maybe you should have done it in episode four instead of episode six, but it's okay. Um, what else did we, did we like that we do not feel has gotten enough love? Um, I, I would also
1: like to just bring up Dickinson. Um, oh, yes, Dickinson. It's so good. Um,
0: partly because, you know, Apple TV Plus doesn't get a lot of love. You know, it just And there's so much good stuff on it. As a sidebar, I don't have time to talk about this in greater depth, but if you like sort of cute British comedy, there's a show on Apple TV called Trying. The second season just came out. It's so sweet and cute. Yeah. And I know no one has heard of it because Apple TV has, for all the fact that they are like Apple, the only show of theirs that ever gets any promotion is The Morning Show, which is good, but also there's like so much other stuff on there that's that's just as good as the morning show.
1: Yeah. And honestly, like the thing about Apple TV Plus is that they sort of are functioning on the assumption that as people turn over their devices, they will simply get a, a year's worth of Apple TV Plus free because that's what you get. You get you get a year of Apple TV Plus free when you I'm turn I'm about to your- get
0: a new phone. So I'm pretty excited to renew my Apple TV Plus subscription.
1: Right? Like you get it for free for a year and they sort of feel like they don't need to because it, it comes free. They feel like they don't need to plug it because for God's sakes, do you know how many iPhones and iPads and iMacs and iWhatevers are out there like this is like in the billion there's like two billion devices right they only need like a tenth of that to actually hit the sign up button on their Apple TV plus free year to get like you know a as many subscribers as Netflix has, right? Like it's it, it's insane how big, how 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 vast their potential audience is simply from device users. And so there's a level where they don't bother advertise because they don't f- feel like they have to because it's, sort of it, it's sort of the, it's sort of, it's a, li- Amazon Studios does this too. Amazon Studios is like, it's like, well, everybody has Amazon Prime. If one tenth of our Amazon Prime users sign up for, 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 for Prime video, then, then we're golden, right? Like they don't. F- I mean, you would yeah. be golden if you fixed your search center. <laughs> you would be golden Just if saying. you didn't treat yourself like a freaking flea market that happens to have a movie room attached.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's also true. <laughs> But, like, again, but back to back to Apple, they do have such, like, good stuff sort of under the radar. Like, Trying is one of their shows. Ted Lasso is another one that I that you've probably maybe heard of because it's built a lot of really sort of...
1: Word of mouth. Word of,
0: word of mouth buzz because it's so good. We're doing an episode on that later. Um, <laughs> we promise. I love it. I love it. Um... And Dickinson. Dickinson is really like again, back to my I respect shows that take risks and that do things that are different from a lot of the shows that you see elsewhere. And this is another one of those shows. And it's it's wonderful. All
1: right. Um, so as we as we draw this episode to a close, um what are you looking forward to for the second half of
0: twenty twenty one? That's a good question. Um, I can't wait to watch the pursuit of love. On Amazon, that looks squarely in my lane, and I'm really just like super excited to to watch that one. Second season of Ted Lasso arrives this month as well. Um, what about later this year? What about later? I don't know when they're bringing me Doctor Who back, so that might not be a this year thing. I expect we'll probably get a Christmas special, but maybe not a whole season.
1: Um, I suspect they're going to do what they did last year, what they did not I said last year it's like two years ago now oh, where they it? sort
0: of start it with the Christmas special yeah or new year special yeah,
1: that's kind of what I'm expecting is that doctor who uh season thirteen will be uh... I'm
0: always looking forward to Doctor Who whenever they will give it to me uh what else is coming out later this year
1: I mean all of our old regular call, mid- call the midwife
0: call the midwife I'm ready for another season of call the midwife Grantchester um uh, I could take or leave that. <laughs> I am excited for Grantchester.
1: Sorry. I'm excited I'm excited for Unforgotten. I even oh, know, I know what the big are. spoiler is at the end of the season and I don't even care. I can't wait. Um and I will not share it with you
0: but keep off the internet if you haven't, haven't seen it.
1: Keep away.
0: Yet to watch one episode of the show. Oh. And I guess I have to fix that cuz we got to talk about it. But um
1: yeah, I I am I'm very much looking forward to that coming back this month. That comes back this month. Um let's see what else comes this month. Uh or this year uh as you said call the midwife um Grantchester is coming um Endeavor is not Endeavor is skipping the rest of the year um I would also you know I I would really like World on Fire to come back I really miss
0: it that's, um that's gonna be next year though that's no way that's coming back this year.
1: Uh, it's gonna be next year um I think Baptiste is coming back I'm not sure I'm looking forward to that <laughs> things I'm not want sure the, they
0: can keep they can keep that in my opinion <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, let's see,
0: Bridgerton, another season. No, no, of Bridgerton, no, Bridgerton.
1: Maybe? No, no, Bridgerton is not coming back until next year uh-huh. um, because The Witcher comes.
0: Anyone want me to have joy?
1: Because Bridgerton is come, or because The Witcher is coming back this
0: year instead. Oh, right. So we're right, getting right. we're I getting love the Witcher Henry- we're That's getting- <laughs> our lane, but I also love that show.
1: Uh, we're getting Henry Cavill in his wig, um, and 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 his wig is not as bad as I thought it would be. Unlike Tom Hiddleston's wig in Loki. Oh. <sighs>
0: Yeah. God, you and your wig obsession, like,
1: dude!
0: To I have um, problems
1: with bad hair. Okay, it's clearly, just a thing.
0: <laughs> I am also—I don't even know how this is going to come to America, but I really need someone to pick up that Anne Boleyn that Channel Four just did because I love Anne Boleyn and I need to see this. And as far as I've heard, like no American outlet has grabbed it, and I just, it just—it was so buzzy. I can't believe nobody picked it up. That's really upsetting. I assume, I sort of thought somebody had, and I was like, oh,
1: no, no, let me go look. No, you're right. It does not have, it, it has a distributor, but it has not actually landed anywhere.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's Fix your bad. life, America. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, oh, you know what would actually bring it over here? Because, uh, uh, what's her name, Jodie Turner-Smith, I think is, it, it, mm-hmm. is yeah.
0: Yeah, um, she's in Berlin.
1: She is also, she is in The Witcher spinoff. She stars in The Witcher spinoff. Oh, I thought I read She Left That. Did she
0: leave that? I thought I read that No, But I also do not have a super... You Google it while I talk about one other thing that I'm excited about, which is not a TV show. It is a movie. And it is a movie that is basically made for me. And we may do an episode on it simply because I want the excuse to talk about this topic for an hour. And it is a movie called The Green Knight starring (gasps) Dev Patel. And it arrives this summer. And it is basically a movie version of the epic... Middle English poem, uh, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, which probably won't be like entirely faithful to that particular retelling of the legend. Gawain and the Green Knight is a story that's been around for hundreds of years in various forms. And it's just like the trailers have really embraced like something that I think is lacking in a lot of our takes on Arthuriana, which is that Arthuriana is weird AF and is full of like green people who you can chop their heads off and they're fine, as opposed to. <laughs> As opposed to like Lancelot and Guinevere cheating on Arthur, which is sort of like the lane we almost always take when we talk about this stuff. And like Arthur, the Arthur story and all the connected Arthur stories. I mean, the Holy Grail story is basically there to to uh, they want to find the chalice because the Fisher King can't die like he's been mortally wounded and can't die. Like that's that's what starts the whole Holy Grail business, and I'm just like, can we have more of these weird Arthur stories? So I cannot wait for this. Plus, I've loved Jeff Patel since Skin, so we love to see him thriving.
1: Yeah, um, you're you're right. She, she did. She exited. I thought I I thought I read that somewhere. Damn, that's sad. Um. Oh, well. Uh, yeah, I, I do hope... Th- okay, now I just really hope that Anne Boleyn comes over here. because um, I no,
0: I just... I, re- I love Anne Boleyn, and I feel like we really do her dirty in a lot of the stories and adaptations we tell about her life, but this one looks really interesting, and I want to see it. So someone pick it up. The people I know who pirated it loved it, so... Yeah. Don't make me VPN it, people. Yeah. I want to watch it legitimately. We're lazy here. Come on. Help us I, out. I am lazy. Like, come on. Just let me... I will clearly have proven i will pay for your streaming service if you just make it easy for me to watch the things i want to watch so uh on that note this episode has gone a little long oops so uh all those things are things we liked or are things we are looking forward to and we would like to hear what you liked this year or what you are looking forward to we could maybe do an episode on things we've things that are coming in the second half of the year i don't know but if you have thoughts email us at televisions at weta.org and we will see what happens Annie, tell the people where you live on the internet. Let's see. I
1: am at Annie Bundle on Twitter. I am at Miss Annie Bundle on Facebook. Um, I am also at Annie Bundle on Instagram, where you can find adorable pictures of my cats. Um, let's see. I, uh, I'm a staff writer at Elite Daily. Um, I also write a lot for television.org. you may have heard of it. And I freelance around the web. So, uh, yeah. If you basically... If you want to know what I'm writing this week, you should just... Um, Follow me on Twitter, um, because I retweet all my bylines. I think my big byline this weekend, um, this past weekend is a, uh, the Tomorrow War, which I hated. Um,
0: ah. <laughs> sorry, Chris Pratt. I wasn't planning on watching that. Don't but, don't. Uh, I'm glad to know that it's do yourself it's a two hours. Favorite. I can save. Yes, very much so.
1: Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, that that's basically me on the on the web. So yeah, be my friend on Twitter.
0: Thanks. Bye. Uh, I am Lacey M B on Twitter. That is L A C Y M B. And I write a lot here at Televisions as well as other places around the entertainment web. But I always tweet my bylines as along with cat pictures and hot takes on, you know, cultural moments of the day. Hashtag free Britney. Uh, the site and the pod are more specifically focused, but they are also on social media at Tele underscore Visions on Twitter and Televisions blog, all one word on Facebook televisions is a product of weta and if you like what we do you can visit us at televisions.org to read more of it and to click on that donate button up top if you would like to help us keep doing it and support public media at the same time we are halfway through 2021 so congrats how did that happen we made it um we were staring down a potentially slightly more fun summer than last year so everyone please get vaccinated if you can encourage everyone in your life to do the same and help people make appointments if they need it on top of all of that we are all adjusting to whatever life looks like at this moment so maybe take take a second be nice to the people around you people are struggling it's difficult be kind that's all i got so we'll see you next week thanks for listening